was my daughter's birthday. Thursday was my daughter's birthday. Busy week at our house. I had lots of cake. And, <laughs> you know, on top of all the other stuff. But on Monday, I, I spent the day with my daughter, Kylie. We went out and we were shopping around. And as we were shopping and driving, uh, we were talking about glasses. And she said, Dad, you're crazy. Every time I see you, you're always putting your, taking your glasses off and setting them down. And you're taking them and you're putting them back on. And then you're taking them and setting them down. And then you're putting And I agree. That's what I do. Because if I'm looking back at that screen, sometimes I can't read the little words and these help. And sometimes when I'm reading my Bible, it's so much easier for me to read it without my glasses on. So I take them off and I put them on and I take them off and I put them on because if something's in front of me, no big deal. And most of the time when, when I'm reading at the back of the screen, I can see it, but if I were to try to read December 2019 back there, it'd be a little blurry. So I need to put these on. I've got I've got this. Every once in a while, I'll have a kid in school. And some people will tell me when I talk about this, they'll say, I, I knew a kid just like that. There's this one girl in school right now. We were at a basketball game. And she needs, needs, desperately needs her glasses. And we were watching in the basketball game and boom. She got hit by another girl, and those glasses went through, crash, and we go, oh, no. We've seen that before. And so they, like, taped those glasses back up and put them back on her face, and she's running down, and the ball goes up again, and sure enough, poof, and there goes those glasses flying off and came apart again. And, and she's one of those kids that needs the glasses. She tried to do that one day at school without the glasses. And she's like, Mr. Wilson, I can't see. I said, do you need to move closer? She's like, yeah. And so she moved closer. She's like, Mr. Wilson, I can't see. And she got this far away from the screen, and she squint in the seat to read what was on the board. And, man, I'm going, wow. Because what I always do is, you know, I can't see. Like I said, I can't read December 2019. So I just go to the back of my classroom and make sure I can see. Without my glasses, I can always read it without my glasses. And so when a kid says, Mr. Wilson, I can't see, I can't read that. Can I move close? I say, you need glasses. And sometimes I'm amazed at, you know, these kids, so what they won't wear glasses for. But we're coming into the year 2020, right? And I've just, I've thought for like 10 years, like, ah, Sunday before 2020, that's like an awesome awesome sermon message. So I've been waiting on this since I was in like Bible school for this, for this sermon because I thought this would be perfect. But next year, 2020, isn't it hard to believe like another decade? I can remember being like a little kid and it was like 1990 and I was going to be going into a new decade. I'm like, a new decade is coming and and everything. And, and I was thinking about this the other day. I told them this at school. I said, do you realize that I'm about to, no, I'm not 50. I'm not even close to 50. But I said, do you realize that I'm about to enter my fifth 
decade at Central Baptist Christian Academy. I started there as a student in 1985. No, 84. 85. I don't know. But I, and so I got the 80s, and I was there in the 90s. I graduated in 98. And then I started back up teaching in the 2000s. And I did the 2010s, and now I'm starting on the 2000. Five decades that I've been at Central Baptist. That's crazy to think about. Most people stop at 12 years and they're like, I'm done with school. I'm finished. But I guess I'm a glutton for punishment. So <laughs> I've been in school for all that time. Said from a teacher, right? So, but anyways, a couple weeks ago, I sat down with the deacons of the church. And I said, I want a plan. I said, I need a plan. I need something to do. Like I have, when I go into a year of teaching school, I have certain goals that I want to accomplish for each class. I, I have a goal in mind from the time a kid hits my first math class. I hope that they have a foundation that has prepared them to get, from, get to me. And sometimes it's not the case. But I have a goal of where I'd like those children to be at the time that they're done. I would like them to have, have a mastered everything that they need to completely understand calculus and how it applies to their life. That's my goal. And that's what I'd like to achieve. And so I do certain things to achieve that goal. And so I said, well, in church, I need goals. I need things that... I would like to achieve because if I don't have goals that I like to achieve, we could just, we can play church. And if somebody comes into church on Sunday morning and they sit here and they listen to God's word and they become stagnant in the pew, that's not good. Cause what are we supposed to be doing as Christians? We are supposed to be growing, right? Becoming more Christ like, Every day, every year, until we get to glory. That's our goal as Christians, to bear fruit. And if you're going to be a tree that's bearing fruit, you got to be growing and you got to get nourishment and, and you have to be doing things. So I have four goals, and I'd like to lay those goals out for you this morning. The first one is that, oh, sorry, I forgot that I had that little thing. Because we're going to... We are going to be this year, we're going to be trying to get a clearer understanding and achieve things. And I'd like to have a better vision for our relationship with the Lord this year. Goal number one is that each member increases his or her quiet time with the Lord. Each member in this church increases in, in the way that their experience, their, the way they do it. Maybe you don't have a quiet time with the Lord. I'd like this year for you to be able to do that and to, to make that something that you would like to achieve, and I'm going to try to encourage you to do that. Let's look in our Bibles to Psalm 46 and verse 10. Psalm 46 In verse 10, it says, Be still 
and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, and I will be exalted in all the earth. And I think that that's, a, that's an amazing goal that we can achieve. I began, when I, when I was young, I always wanted to read the Bible, to be consistent in my Bible reading, in my quiet time with the Lord. And so I would try and I'd get through the Bible. I can remember um, when I wanted to first start doing that, like as I was going to Bible college, I, I'd read and I'd get to like the book of Leviticus and uh, done. I'd try again. I'd say, I'm going to read through the Bible again in a year. I get to the book of Isaiah and I go, oh, done. And I'd try and try and try and never seemed to be able to achieve it until I determined that I was going to read read through my Bible, and it was going to be a daily practice. I started writing down and keeping track of when I would read through the Bible in 2009, and I have written every time I've read a passage of Scripture in my Bible, in my quiet time with the Lord. And I think I've missed a hand, maybe a handful of days, maybe 10 days in the last 10 plus years now, where I haven't where this has become so precious to me. One of the things that I, I started doing was I would read a little bit out of the New Testament, a little bit out of the Old Testament. And I'm a chart person. And that meant so much to me. And so what I did is I, I put in your bulletin this morning a copy of a year reading through the Bible plan. And that's in everybody's bulletin this morning. And so I'd like to challenge you guys as a church to try to read through the Bible this year. And here's a plan for that. If you're like, well, I already read through the Bible, you know, just mark off like when you're reading. Um, I know that we have a lot of Gideons in, in our church. And this morning I thought it was kind of neat that Bonnie Kaufman came and she gave me one of the Gideons Bible reading through the plan uh, booklets. I know Charlie Clark loved these and this is what guided him through his Bible reading plan. And she said she took, she is taking these uh, to the prison and encouraging the women in, in the prison. And 20 of them said that they would read through the Bible this year. And that's awesome. And I would love it. You know, I had in my mind, we, we should be able to get 100 people that could read through the Bible in a year in this church. Well, I'm going to set my goal to 50. I'm going to say we need at least 50 people in this church who are going to who are going to say I would read through the Bible this year and I'll I will strive to do that. One of the things that I that I really wanted to do after making it a point to read through the Bible is to begin to have a, a dedicated prayer life, time with the Lord. I began to keep a prayer journal and I keep a prayer journal every day and I find it amazing how God answers prayer. And what God does and and the way if you pray for something and pray for something and pray for something, you will see God answer and you'll see the way he works. I'd like to encourage you to, to be consistent in prayer and to increase your pr quiet time with the Lord. Uh, someone in our church came to me with the idea of doing this and I was very thankful for that. It fit, my, it fit the need of the time. Someone else came to me with an idea. And they said, Pastor Scott, I got an idea for the church. And what I'd like 
what I think would be really awesome is if we were praying for each other's prayer requests. And they said, like, what if we put like a bowl at the back of the church? You can see there's a bowl at the back of the church right there. What if we wrote down our prayer requests and we, you know, we put it into that bowl and then we could, uh, we could take them out and we could be praying for each other. Like maybe we just had something that we'd like, like one person to say, hey, I'd like to pray for that. Wouldn't that be awesome if we, if we as a church could say, I want to pray for, for, I want, I'd like to trade prayer requests with somebody. I'll put one in the bowl and I'll take one out. So we've got a bowl back there and I'd like you just to take on a piece of paper and write down your prayer request, and by this time next week, have it and put it in that something that you'd like to see God do in your life this year. And you put it in that bowl, and you take one out at the end of the service next week, and you say, "I'd like to pray for that." And you you commit, and you put that prayer request in your Bible, and you pray and you pray and you pray and you pray. That's one of my goals for this this year for our church. We've got another goal, and that's our a goal is. As a church, we increase our personal outreach. Um, in putting together a schedule for next year, I said, here are some things that I'd like to do. And I'd love it if, if at this event, if we invited somebody out. And if this event, we invited somebody out. I, I was so pleased um, at all the relationships that we've been building as a church family this year. And we'd like to see some of those relationships that we've been building, those people we've been talking to and sharing gospel, to become born again, Bible reading, discipled Christians who are actively involved in our church. Let's look in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 10 and verse 7. Matthew chapter 10. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 7, it says, And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's a very, 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 very important thing for us to understand. As Christ is sending out the, the 12, he says, As you, and, and probably a better way to look at that verse in and to translate it would be, as you are going about your way, as you're walking down the road, as you're in the grocery store, as you're living your daily life, as you're going to the mailbox, as whatever you are doing, preach the gospel, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Make sure that you are, you are witnessing and sharing your personal faith in Jesus Christ. Be active in increasing your personal outreach. That's goal number two. Goal number three that I have is that each active church attender becomes more confident with the word of God. So that as we are reading, as we are sharing the word of God, that, that we all feel that we have confidence. Um. You guys know I've been talking about this because I'm so excited about this. My daughter's driving. Like I said, I had two birthdays this week. Thursday was my daughter Julie's birthday. And she got her learner's permit. It was so fun taking her and seeing her smile. as she When, when she got done taking the test, they told her that, that she passed and stuff. She came back and she had this big grin from ear to ear. Then when I took her to Broome Community College and gave her the keys and she plugged it, she turned, you know, and she was just smiling. 
Then she started going and smile went away. And <laughs> she got a little nervous. But it was awesome to see her confidence grow. You know, at first, it, driving around Broome Community College with no other cars was kind of a nerve-wracking thing for her. But we made it to Front Street. And she's going, Front Street isn't so bad, Dad. I can do this. Now, we haven't done it at 5 o'clock in the afternoon yet. <laughs> but I saw her confidence growing. And that's an awesome thing. And how awesome would it be as we as Christians, we become more confident in talking about God, talking about heaven, talking and just, and we've got to try. That's what I, what I said to Julie. I said, you got to do it. You got to do it every day and your confidence will grow. If I take you out driving once and then I, don't let you drive for six months, then I put you behind the wheel again, you're going to be in trouble. And as Christians, if we're reading the Bible every day, if we're praying every day, we're talking about it every day, we're going to grow. And we're going to be con become confident in sharing our faith. Let's look in our Bibles at 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, it says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience that when you defame that that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better if if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. I'd love us to become confident in knowing the word of God and living the word of God. And being able to share that with those around us. Goal number four for, for 2020 is at the end of the year 2020, you who are seated in this pew today can say, I am more responsible steward with the things that God has given to me. And I'd like us to look and open our Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 6. God's given us a lot. He's blessed us so much. He's given us time. Are you using your time appropriately? He's given us things, a car, finances, family, talents, abilities. Are you a good steward of the things that God has given to you? Do you use them for his honor, for his glory? I think that if you read if you read the Bible, that's one of the things that God begs of you. He says, I've given you so much. Use it for the glory of God. I know often we will use our time unwisely. But I hope that and pray that we as a church, we could say, you know, here's where I'm at today. And by this time next year, and, and 
I, I have no one, absolutely no one, picked out as I have these goals. I think about myself. You know, and I say, at this time next year, the time that I have from the time I get up in the morning from the time I go to bed at night, am I a good steward of my time? The, the gifts that God has given me, am I a good steward of that? God has given a lot of you in this room a phone, a cell phone. You, you can be a bad steward of your cell phone and use that for evil. Or you can use it for good. How are you as a steward with the gift that God has given you? You know, I think about it. You can pick up that phone and you can call someone and be an encouragement to them. Or you can spend 27 hours playing Candy Crush or whatever it is. The game of the week is. But use those things for the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4 is one of the verses that that I just really want to hold to my life and and be something that I live for. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verses 4 and 5, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Whatever God has given you, use it for His glory. Use it for Him. So, so this, so our key verse, our passage that we looked at this morning was Isaiah chapter 43. And I'd like you to open that because that's kind of my key text. And in Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 to 7, I took a look at this and I thought, at the beginning of this year, I'd like us to take a look at that. I'd like to look at things clearly. So let's open our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 43. And let's look at verses 1 to 7 again. We just read it a minute ago. But I think as, as we look at this, I tried to take a look at and I tried to look, look and see. Are we viewing things clearly? So I came up with six points in this passage of Scripture. And I'd just like to say, I'd like us to correct our vision a little bit. The first thing that I wrote down here was, God has invest, an invested interest in you because he created you. Look at verse 1. It says, But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by, by name. You are mine. He created you. He made you. He gave you his image. And he cares deeply about you. He's invested a lot into you. He invested his son. And he cares about you. And so because of that, he's going to work in you and through you if you allow him. And so like I, what I'd like to say is I'd like to say, this year, see yourself as a child of God. You're God's child. You belong to him. Do you act like it? I, I would not want to be the, the child of a prince. I would not like to be like I, I've I've thought about this. I remember um, they talked a while ago about you know what the children of Michael Jordan were doing on the basketball court. They never entered the NBA or so. Wouldn't that be an awful experience to be like the child of Michael Jordan? And then every time you stepped on the here Michael Jordan's son, and wouldn't that be just a terrible thing to be you know to have to live up to that reputation? 
We're God's children. And he's going to help conform us into the image of his son. He's working on us and, and we become ambassadors of Christ. That's a big deal. It's a special place to be in. And it comes with responsibility. In John chapter 1 and verse 12. Many of you know this verse. You could quote it. It says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the, the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. I was thinking about that I, as I quoted it just now. I may have even mixed up the new King James and the King James. Um, in the King James, it says he has given you the right to be called the sons of God. In the new King James, it says he's given or I'm all mixed up now. But in the new King James, it says children of God. And I think it says the right to be called the children of God. And in the other one, it says the power to become the sons of God. You belong to God. You're his children. And that's an awesome place to be. Let's turn in our Bibles to 1 John chapter 3 and look at that a little bit further. In 1 John chapter 3, in verse 1, in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Let me tell you today, Christian, you are God's children. You're not people of the world. That makes you different. And you need to see yourself clearly. You need to see yourself as God sees you. You're his child. The second thing I see from Isaiah chapter 43, that God begs of us. He says, you don't have to be afraid. God wants to have a relationship with you. We need to fear the Lord. And I heard someone saying that this week. I, I just thought of who it was. Said, I've learned to fear the Lord. We need to have a proper fear and respect of him. But with that becomes all of a sudden we don't have a fear of the world. Because God is our Savior. and We're walking with him. We don't need to fear. He wants to have a relationship with him. So this year, just look, goal number one, I want everyone to increase their quiet time with the Lord. And this year, I would like you to have the correct vision of your time with the Lord. I'd like you to see your relationship with God correctly. I think that a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to go to heaven and when I'm in heaven, it's going to be church service all the time and I don't know if I could listen to Pastor Scott for all of eternity. <laughs> you got an incorrect view of your personal relationship and your time and your relationship with God. Because when you go to heaven, you're not going to be listening to any preacher. You'll be listening to Jesus Christ. It'll be a totally different thing. And we will all be there for all of eternity. Amen. To spending time with loved ones, with the Lord Jesus Christ, to have fellowship with Him and with each other. And it's not, when I read the Bible, I don't find anything boring about it. 
And I'd like us to have a, a correct view of our quiet time with the Lord. It's supposed to be precious. And if you try it, taste. the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. The more you read the Bible, the more you pray, 